Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. Thanks for listening to the Art of Money podcast, artofmoneyradio.com for more information or to schedule that initial consultation. Appreciate you subscribing. Now, let's get to the show. I did a little road trip with the boys. We went to Biloxi last weekend, and for the first time in a long time, I got on a little heater on the craps table, and I actually walked home with more money than I came there with. And this does not happen often. So I was thinking about you, Art McPherson, that in the world of our income, if we, let's say we win money on a lottery or we do pretty well at the casino or we come into an inheritance, what's the first thing that we should do if we come into a large sum of money? Get some advice because the lump sum of money can be two powerful things for you. Of course, most everybody thinks, okay, what should I pay off? You know, should I pay off my credit card? Should I pay off my house? Should I pay off, you know, all the things that you want to pay down or pay off. But that lump sum of money, if it's sizable enough, if it's a quarter of a million, half a million dollars or more, it can become an income stream. So instead of just using those lump sums to pay things down, you can also create an extra income stream of of money, which will help you to pay things down anyways. So once you spend the lump, it's gone forever. But if you can protect it, you know, then you have, it's kind of like the, the question of the golden goose, you know, that lays the golden eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, why would you sell the golden goose if you could always have a golden egg, right? So that lump sum of money can be your golden goose generating those golden eggs for you over time. So protecting that, nurturing that, allowing that to grow and to be another income source a lot of times is what people don't realize the power of those type of inheritance dollars. Yeah, I would say that the two worst things to buy a boat and a car. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only time those two, I won't even call them asset classes, but the only two time a boat or a car has um, appreciated in value is during COVID when the government printed $4 trillion. Other than that, they are losing investments. So if a client you know, comes into that lump sum of money, right, the first thing you want, gosh, maybe I want a new truck or gosh, I need a new boat or a boat. I would tell you to pause, um, you know, look at look at your current situation, get a plan. You know, if you're buying a new house or paying off the house or something, at least the house holds its value. But, you know, Owens, do not go buy a boat. (laughs) (laughs) What's that old cliche? The best two days in a man's life is the day he buys a boat and the day he sells his boat. It's a hole in the water you pour money into. 321-425-8550. And Luke, you've said it before that you've worked with people in the past that they got an inheritance. They blew through almost all of it in the first 18 months. Yeah, people tend to do that. And you can do that easily when you start buying big ticket items, you know, things you wouldn't have bought before. And, you know, even if there's 0% financing, well, you think, gosh, I have the cash, I'm just going to pay cash for it. Mm-hmm. And what Art had just mentioned is once that lump sum is gone, it is very hard to get it back. You more than likely will not get it back again in your lifetime because it was an inheritance. It was somebody else's life savings or somebody's luck at the casino. But yes, once you, you know, the, the averages are, you know, 18 months, but I've, I've had some clients where, you know, they've inherited millions and they start buying, they start looking at yachts, they start looking at vacation homes, they start, you know, doing all sorts of things that aren't necessarily going to pay off in the long run. And I try to I try to tell them to pause, put the brakes on. You know, at the end of the day, it's your money, it's your inheritance, it's your big winnings. But you got to be careful because statistics say you're right, Mark. Eighteen months is usually when people are broke again or have spent all that money. Yeah, I used to joke about my son when he was younger. You know, if I had passed away and he got his inheritance, I I say this sometimes in our meetings with clients, he would have looked up to heaven and said, thank you, dad, and ran to the nearest Ferrari dealership Uh and um, probably would have gotten in a wreck within the first year and probably 
had a, a million dollar car worth nothing and had nothing to show for it. But and he admits to me to this day still <laughs> that he would have done that, too. So it's just one of those things that, you know, trying to put the brakes on emotionally, you know, and also mentally treat it like it's not your money yet and then get some advice on how to really maximize the use of it. Because your grandparent, your parent, um, your sister, brother, father-in-law, whoever it is that's left you these funds, they would want you to do that anyway. So they would want that money to have maximum impact for you and your life and how to, how to have that maximum impact typically is letting it be a powerful resource throughout your retirement now. Do you find that one of the biggest challenges with the families that you serve, Art McPherson, the emotions of it? Yeah, emotions can be a big deal. So it depends on who it's coming from. Usually the easiest, uh, least amount of emotions with something is a more distant relative. But when it's mom and dad, there's a lot of emotions tied with that at times. If it's a brother or sister, too, sometimes there's emotions there because you didn't even want to have that sibling pass away. And they did. Yeah, emotions can play a big role. But you're trying to just use this money as a resource, use this money as a way to affect your life in a very positive way, because that's what your family wants to happen. They want it to be life-changing for you, and they want you to be a good steward of it. So Amen. even though you didn't have to go through the hard work of saving it, um, they did. You know, So in a way, you're trying to be honoring them and honoring their legacy by doing a good job with it. 321-425-8550. And gentlemen, there was a Wall Street Journal article that said many investors 55 and up are putting most of their nest egg into the market. Now, the article said that the reasons for the stock heavy portfolios were the need to catch up and the feeling there were no other options out there. So how would you address people wanting to play the market? Because I feel like they need to catch up. Yeah, we've had this happen, unfortunately, too often. And, you know, these people either, you know, didn't have the ability to save or just started saving or started saving too late. There's two sides of this story. Yes, you may be too late in the game where you think you need big returns to catch up, maybe to catch up to your peer group or catch up to your coworkers or whatever it may be. But the other side to that story is, right, yes, you can catch up, but you can also you know, lose half of it in a bad market. So you have to kind of create a happy medium that says, yes, you can take a little bit more risk maybe than you should, but don't go all in because if you have a 2008, 2009 event and you're 55 or older, well, you're not going to retire. You're going to keep going down that path. And you know, and then it almost becomes gambling where you are just so stock heavy, so trying to catch up when in reality, you know, that first hundred or $200,000 you save, the majority of that is you saving. It's not necessarily the market. So, you know, there's always two sides to that story, but I'd be very careful if you think you're in that situation. I think it may be more important for you to save more money, get out of debt than it would be for you to make 15% versus 25% in the market. And if you look at trying to make those kind of yields, you can make a really high yield in a one to three year period. But I don't care any segment you want to look at. If you want to look at aggressive growth, you want to look at any type of sector um, that's real capable of producing those high digit returns. As you go over time, when you go from a three year period to a five year period to a 10 year period, every 
everything falls way off because you're going to have those corrections now in the mix. So when you have a high flying type sector fund or anything like that, they look really great. Averaging 70% over the last three years, averaging 50% over the last three years, but that's because they haven't gone through a big correction yet. So once you get all of those correction times in there, then you start getting a more true return. And then it's not that much different. Now we're talking about two or 3% different than an S&P or a Vanguard index 500. So you just got to be careful. And then like Luke is saying, if you are in something that's a very high return, then you usually have more volatility. There's more ups and downs. There's lots more swings. That means you're going to have a lot of stress when it becomes larger amounts of money. And then usually the what happens, and I don't know why this always is, whenever it's a bad market cycle, that's when you need money. So it was worth 500,000. Now it's worth 200,000. And guess what? That's when you need to take 10 or $20,000 out. So trying to keep away from those crazy fluctuations like that is typically what we're trying to do here at McPherson Financial Group. Luke, have you gotten calls from the community, maybe even people looking for a second opinion that say just exactly what Art said? Hey, I had 500,000. I had a million dollars in assets over the past year and a half. The market has just really beat me up. Can we help me get back on track? Yeah, we get calls like that quite often, especially after last year, what happened in the markets. And, you know, to answer that question pretty easily, you just need something different in your portfolio. You know, if you have a Vanguard account or a 401k, you can't do a whole lot of things differently. Here we do things, you know, with alternatives. We use annuities if they're appropriate. You know, we use certain types of bonds, right? You don't want to own all bonds, only certain types, you know, certain types of equities, certain sectors of the market, certain option strategies. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to reduce the size of the wave you have to go through, right? Reduce the volatility. You're still going to have some depending on your portfolio. But yeah, if you lost a lot of money last year, most people did. Most people lost quite a bit because it was a horrible year in the market, but you have to be able to recover from it. And our goal here, right? If the market's down 20%, right? Maybe you're only down 5%. And that way your recovery time is less. That's, that's our goal here. So the up years in the market will take care of themselves. But I think where most people need help is on the down years. Are there opportunities out there that could really benefit your portfolio? Let's sit down with Art McPherson, Luke McCarty. Let's have that discussion. It's a complimentary portfolio review from the team at the McPherson Financial Group. And this weekend, if you've saved that 500000 or more for your retirement, that consultation is no cost, no obligation to you. 321-425-8550. Again, 321-425-8550. 8550. I want to talk about the 4% rule because for many years, retirees have relied on the quote unquote 4% rule that states they should plan to withdraw 4% of their assets every year and adjust that number for inflation. Susie Orman disagrees. She says withdrawing only 3% a year could help you prepare for unforeseen expenses like health emergencies. 3%, 4%. Art McPherson, where do you fall? Well, the less you pull, the more money you're leaving in the portfolio to grow. Right. So if you're in a portfolio that averaged seven and a half percent a year growth and you're pulling four percent, then you're only leaving three and a half percent in there for growth. If you're only pulling three percent, now you're leaving four and a half percent in there for growth. So that extra growth can make up for inflation when inflation gets higher. That extra growth can make up for, oh, my gosh, Luke, Art, I forgot I need a new roof or it can help make up for those things. So there is truth to that for sure. Um, the less you can pull, you know, if you can only pull two percent, it's even better than that. Right. So 
the less you have to pull on your investments, the more money is going to be left to accumulate and to grow. So, of course, you know, the least amount is, is always possible to have the best total portfolio return. Obviously, that would be better. Does Susie Orman disagree with everything? <laughs> yeah, what's, your, what's your take on her? Because we've talked about that before, the Jim Cramers and the Susie Ormans. Yeah. Like, what's your take on her? I mean... I like her. I don't. I don't dislike her by any means. But I think she's. Um, you know, she, she disagrees with a lot, and you know, thinks that her way of just staying in the market forever is the best way to go about things. Mm-hmm. Which it can be. I mean, look at Warren Buffett. Right? He's you know in his mid to late nineties, and he has more money than he's ever had. But most of us don't have that much time, or the rest of us want to spend our money when we get to a certain point. You know, so back to the four percent versus the three percent rule. Right. If you look at, you know, Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity, right, it kind of is the 4% rule, but that's if you have all the fluctuations of the market. And Susie's saying, basically, she's saying, yeah, you're going to have all those fluctuations. So take 3% because you don't know when you're going to need something for health, you know, health expenses or, you know, like Art was mentioning, the state of Florida, you need a new roof every five years for some reason. But, <laughs> um, but if you have different pieces in your portfolio, Right. If you looked at last year, for example, right, the market's down. But if you have a piece of the portfolio, let's make up a number, 20 percent, 25 percent of the portfolio that didn't lose money. Well, that's where you should take the money from. Let the money that lost value last year rebound this year and then switch it back. So with that in mind, if you have those pieces of the portfolio, I think you could take four or five percent. I don't think you need to take less. But in the end, right, if you never spend your money or spend less of your money, you'll end up with more. But that's not that's not our goal here. We want you to retire, <laughs> live a happy life, stress-free. How would you suggest building a bucket or a plan for the long-term care, for the health care, for the medical emergencies? What does that look like? Well, one of the things that we typically would look at for people, especially with long-term care, are there ways to solve that problem instead of having to allocate as an example for long-term care costs if you're going to go into a facility. Can you do that cheaper than having to put $500,000 aside that you're not going to touch? Yeah, a lot of times you can. A lot of times you can use annuity type products or insurance type products to help cover that risk for maybe cents on the dollar. So if you could take $100,000 and that would cover that $500,000 risk for you, why would you not do that? You know, that makes common sense. So we'll go through solutions like that with our clients to make sure that in case of these unexpected events and uh, and now we know they're more and more expected you know more of us are going to need long-term care you know we've had that in our family with julie's dad uh, we had to have long-term care coverage for him you know we had to have we had him in a facility for four plus years so it's something that almost every family is going to run into nowadays it's not an if it's just kind of a win. So how do we prepare for that and how do we help our clients be best positioned for that? Art McPherson, I heard a cliche that said, good news, you're living longer, but the bad news is you're living longer. So are you having to extend plans for people who living longer than they originally anticipated? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good thing and a bad thing, right? So from a retirement planning, that means you need more income for a longer period of time. So the money needs to, we have to have more money and more accumulation and for a longer period. So instead of living to average age of 85, now we're living to 90, maybe 95. Well, we gotta account for that extra five or 10 years of income. So it's good that we're living longer. I have some clients that say, only if I'm healthy. <laughs> they don't want to live longer if they're not healthy. But uh, I don't think you or I can guarantee that, or Luke. <laughs> we don't know how we're going to, you know, what our health is going to be. Mm-hmm. But we want to make sure our clients are happy and they have the resources they need. Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com. 
We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A1 Today's show has been a work of art. 